Welcome back to the Canadian Gumball Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me tonight is my co-host, none other than Coach Nick. Coach yes, Nick. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Coach oh, Nick. Fun. Coach Nick called me. Uh, there's been a lot going on in the news. Uh, everybody who's been uh, involved in the firearm community for quite some time, who's been paying attention, knows that we've had quite a bit, uh, quite a bit happening. Uh, but I know when Coach Nick calls me, and says he's got some things on his mind and says he wants to do a podcast. And I do and I do see the notepad out. There's a few that, things. That we're going to be talking about a few subjects. I've, I've jotted a few things in the last couple of days. All right. Well, then you know what? Let's get at it. What do you got there? Okay. Well, our ever-illustrious Justin Trudeau yesterday. I, I've stopped watching the daily press conferences. Have you? Couldn't take it anymore, I, huh? I, honestly, I just I, I want to, like roundhouse drop kick my tv when i see his face <laughs> when i see his face on there we should have had it we should have had a last man standing pool who could stand oh watching him the longest and and so but I, I i caught the snippets on the news yesterday about okay. uh his daily briefing daily press conference and and just when when you get to the point you think there can't be anything else he drops the whole thing about well unless you support for businesses that who who want relief and want aid, they need to support the climate change initiative. Is that like B L A C K M A I L? Is that how you spell climate change initiative? You know, I saw that. Isn't isn't like I saw back that. in the day they would call what was that extortion blackmail? It's 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 very shady. It's gotten crazy. I mean, the very idea that you would withhold relief. <laughs> in a from, pandemic. It, during a pandemic, you know, after you've tried to grab for unlimited spending power on several occasions amongst a host of other, you know, potentially unethical practices. Potentially. There's, there's uh, a lot of convictions in there. There there are. Yes. There are. And people don't know that about Justin Trudeau. There's been, there's been and I can't wait. I got, I got a laundry list coming to me from... Uh, Good friend of ours has uh, decided to, in point form, interesting. Write down the uh, Justin Trudeau resume. Wait till you see is this, this is one. This, is this a member of the media or some member of? Uh, he's a member of the. He's a member of the industry. I was going to say Politburo because it kind of feels like we're living in communism right now. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna wow you with this one. I, I I loved it. I took a glance at the list and went, yeah, like you've covered all the bases there. He goes, oh, it's still growing. Well, we'll, <laughs> so, we'll talk. We'll talk after the podcast. All right. Yep. Absolutely. So the very idea that you would withhold relief, you know, financial relief until somebody signs on with your with your ideology is nothing short of completely shameful. I mean, like that's that's like holding onto a life preserver while somebody's drowning and asking them if they're going to be uh, they need help doing no doing you that favor that you asked before you pitch it out to them. I mean, people are really struggling. Yeah, they oh, clo- yeah. they closed Emma's back porch. I saw that. Can you believe that? Like, I mean, Emma's but, back porch. But I remember it, and I made a comment on on our friend's page about that. I didn't know. Um, I don't follow Emma's back porch, and I saw I saw our friend post that, and I was like. 
Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this or not. Do you remember back to when it was called Sharkies? Oh yeah, yeah. Back uh, now, mind you, I was a kid. You're 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 dating yourself a little. That's bit. okay. Yeah, no, no, that no. It was a place to be. Thursday oh, nights when I was in university. Oh yeah. You get your ass down to Sharkies, mm-hmm. and then subsequent Emma's back porch, and that place rocked. Uh, you know what? I I almost got into a few fights, and I wasn't even going to Emma's back porch. I was I was the guy controlling the parking lot that was just down the street from Emma's back porch that yep. people used to like yep. to park. There's a few of them around there. Right. There there was there was the Lakeshore Dairy Bar. Right. Yes. It was it was right beside that seedy hotel. Oh yeah. Right. It is still there, I believe. Uh, you know what? I think so. I think so. But way back when there was uh, you know <laughs> A little like generic Dairy Queen, you know, that had uh, burgers, fries, yeah. chili dogs, yeah. you know, ice cream, and it was my very, very first officially paid job. I was, I was honestly, I was, I was a kid. I don't even think I was, I don't even think I was allowed to work legally. I'm sure Justin Trudeau, if he listens to this, is gonna is he gonna ask be, me to pay taxes. I was gonna say he might audit your taxes from when you were 12. Well, at exactly, I remember when I got my raise from a dollar seventy five an hour to two dollars an hour. I was pretty excited Holy about that. Holy Christ, look out! You know what? Do you remember making two bucks an hour? No, well, I didn't have a job until I was in like grade 12. Oh, really? Yep, and I worked at. Uh, a place in Hamilton, great Italian restaurant called Bronzies on James Street North. What'd you make an hour? Oh, gosh, not much. Can like, you remember? We got to eat, but they didn't charge us for food, so we got to eat really well. You know what? I'm sure all the young people listening are going like, Jesus Christ, like, did they just invent the wheel? <laughs> you know, like $2 an hour. Oh, it, yeah. You know what? It really, honestly, it, 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 it doesn't seem that long ago. Well, it's funny because when I talk to my students sometimes about a typewriter, yeah. they kind of look at me like, you know when you talk to a dog and it turns his head <laughs> sideways? They, they, they stop talking, and they look at me, and their head starts to go sideways, and like, like I just started speaking a foreign language. Does that does that even exist? Yeah, like what's a typewriter? What's a typewriter? And, and then records. Oh, really? Right, They're like vinyl records, and, and their head goes back the other way to the other side of their body. <laughs> like, holy jeez! You know what I'm a, a freaking sh- like? I feel like I feel like Moses or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? What? what it, it frightens me to think the kids are missing out on all the wonderful character. You know, contained in vinyl. All the great DJs know vinyl's where it's yeah. at. I mean, like, you can get the crystal clear quality of, you know, digital, but ultimately, like many things in life, you know, uh, the uh, earliest forms of the technology are sometimes the ones with the most character and emotion uh, buried deep within the memories, you know. Uh, yep. You know, I, like, I remember learning how to type on a typewriter. A buddy of mine who, who I've known since I was 14 still has 45 vinyls at his house. Yeah? From when we, we he was a kid and we would go to his basement, his mom would make his pizza buns, and we'd listen, we'd listen to 45. Really? Yeah. It was great. You know, different days, buddy. Yeah, different days. But, uh, you know, Sharky's. Uh, Sharky's yeah. was the name of Emma's back porch before it became Emma's back porch. Emma's back porch was, you know, this wonderful uh, little slice of single life heaven. It was a great, great view on the patio of Lake Ontario there, and you could get pictures of Long Island, nice tees at that time. Oh, God. You know what? what? I don't don't believe legally you could serve Long Island iced tees by the picture anymore. Well, that was, well, I don't know. They served them. Yeah, whether, well, whether it was legal or not, and people were just they, they were oh, through them like it was. What a, what a great place! Anybody that lives near the Burlington, Ontario area, Ontario, you, down yeah. down by the lakeshore, you know, there was this beautiful little uh, yep. little spot called Emma's Back Porch. It was a great place where you could you know meet the ladies, and you know, of course, the girls could meet their future ex husbands and. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it was really well known uh, to be a, a hot spot. You know, there was uh, a lot of uh, <coughs> cougar sightings. No, you're thinking you're not there. There was it was mostly university there. You're thinking just down the street in the at on the main floor of the hotel. It was at the foot of Brant and Lakeshore. Oh yeah, but they would migrate over Dakotas. Dakotas, yeah, but they would, they would <laughs> but they would migrate over once in a while. You know, you leopard, might get a, leopard print everywhere. <laughs> you, you know, you would see the occasional you know <clears throat> big cat. <laughs> you know, wandering out of their normal territory to try and find... Leopard print was cool. Leopard print was cool. Well, you know, migrate over to uh, Sharky's and then Emma's back porch in an effort to uh, score themselves some uh, younger, fresh game. Yes. <laughs> fresh kill. And uh, you, you, had to, you had to watch out for them, man. As a young guy, uh, you know... <laughs> Cruising, cruising through the bars. I knew a few that disappeared for half an hour across the, oh, the parking lot. You know, and then they, came back in. And they, they were, like, they, they what? were, they were, With they who? were certainly some wilder days. And, and you know what? A lot of great memories. So you got this place. It faces out onto the water onto Lake Ontario, and uh, you know, at night you get a beautiful view of the stars uh, if you could see through the smog. And there was always, uh, you know, always a great time to be had there. Uh, loud music. Loud people, uh, you know, the occasional fist fight, uh, you know, you could take in. Uh, you had to occasionally, you know, duck your head at the last moment to avoid this, the shot glass that was thrown because back then they had actual shot glasses. They had some good weight. You could get some real velocity up with those things. Uh, I remember seeing a couple launched at, uh, you know, <clears throat> critical uh, velocities or terminal velocities. Launch is a good word. Yeah, you know, I, I remember. I remember once I barely uh, got out of the way in time. You know, fight broke out. You know, probably about twenty feet away from me, a shot class got thrown at somebody, missed the mark entirely, and you know, <laughs> sail. I saw it coming. It was like in slow motion. It was flying through the air, and I barely you did, you did the matrix on that. Uh, yeah, that's what it was like. I, I, you know what? I just slightly tipped my head to the side, and it sailed past my my head, and it smashed against the wall behind me. And uh, I remember thinking, good, you know, good, uh, good one to miss. Yep. Yeah, but uh, you know, when you when you think about it, though, you know, I met a lot of fantastic people, have a lot of great memories. It was always a good time. Always a great time, and uh, you know, to see that place close after yeah. so many years. And the food there was decent, like the Water Street Cooker. Oh yeah, upstairs. Oh yeah, I've I've taken my mom there a couple times for for Mother's Day, and and. The food is very good. Yeah, well, not anymore. It's yeah. closed. It's closed down. It is succumbed. Now I wonder if what as as many of the the properties along that strip, if it's going to wind up being a condo, because huh. that, that's that is absolutely prime real estate, and and whoever owns it could probably get a very handsome dollar for it. Oh, I, I'm sure you're absolutely correct. I'm sure there's a uh, a lot of waterfront property there and some. Businesses. And it literally is right on the water, right? Some so. businesses that will be going out of business. Yep. You know, uh, and I, I started saying it earlier, succumbed to the coronavirus. Another fatality of yep. the coronavirus. To see that place close down and to uh, openly admit that uh, as a result of current circumstance, they will be shutting their doors forever. And uh, to see that happen and to know that I'll never again, you know, walk up that wooden ramp and uh, enjoy a, uh, you know, quiet drink on that patio looking out onto the water saddens me. Yep. 
you know, I'm sure there's uh, quite a few people that would feel you know, the maybe same there's, way. Maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe there'll be a stroke of good luck and something will happen. But, let, you know, let's hope, right? Well, I'd like to know where the relief money is for a business like that that yeah. can't, you know, can't keep going. Uh, you know, I'm hearing rumors that everybody and their brother's qualifying for this relief, but it's not quite enough. And I think that that's something that people need to realize. Unless, unless they're just saying that. Who knows? Maybe they, they got an offer they, that was just too sweet to turn down from a from a developer, right? So well, perhaps, or perhaps the developer got the deal of a lifetime because uh, the business wasn't yeah able to continue. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, whatever the case may be, I'm sure it won't be the last. And uh, you know, for all the small businesses out there that are struggling, hang in there. Uh, I think it's coming to light. Uh, very shortly, that there won't be much need to uh, keep your doors closed much longer. I'm uh, I'm rooting for all the little guys out there that are trying to keep themselves afloat and they're treading water. I, I feel bad for all the people that are digging into their life savings. Uh, certainly, you know, we've got a lot of unanswered questions revolving around the coronavirus, uh, where it came from, uh, how it uh, came to be that uh, for so long, potentially, we did not know when this thing was loose in the public. And when I say that, you know, this thing, I, I don't mean to say it too menacingly because I, I've... Read enough reports now that uh, seem to indicate that it's not killing uh, quite as many people as the flu. And uh, when I say not quite as many, I've heard reports up to 45 times less people wow. than the flu. You know, to know that this thing has potentially been blown way out of proportion by the media groups, you know, uh, well, if for there's. The flu, we just take a flu shot, right? Hey, it's flu season. Get your flu shot. I never That's took. It. You know, That's let me it. let me tell you something. I never took the flu shot. Neither have I. I never took the flu shot. I will shot. not take a flu shot. You know what? I uh, I remember getting called into my boss's office, and he said, "You haven't got your flu shot yet. Go get your flu shot." You know, and I won't embarrass him by saying his name out loud, but you know, I'm working as a police officer, and uh, you know, my boss calls me into this office, and uh, I'm still relatively fresh faced. I, I got maybe about two years on tops, maybe 18 months even. And my boss calls me into his office, uh, staff sergeant, you know, good man, solid. But he, uh, he looked at me, he says, go get your flu shot. They're in the building. You haven't gotten yours yet. And uh, I wasn't the kind of cop that questioned orders. I never did. I uh, <clears throat> pride myself on uh, always doing, you know, what I was told. Uh, when I say that, I always defer to the good judgment of my superior officers, my uh, ranking officers. So when he said to me, go get your flu shot, I uh, <clears throat> kind of laughed and said, you know, I've lived in Hamilton my whole life. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'm willing to bet that I'm immune to the flu, uh, yep. you know, and, and a host of other ridiculously disgusting diseases in this town. Um, you know, as a police officer, you get into some of the seediest areas you could possibly imagine in H-Town. And so, you know, I kind of chuckled and said, you know, I'm not I'm not going to go get the flu shot and smiled at him. Then he said, go get your flu shot. And, you know, the tone of the conversation changed. You know, he looked at me. He just got me. ball and told. He just, he just told me, you're going to get your flu shot. And... Uh, you know, I, I was kind of known uh, to be a bit of a rogue in some respects, but not not one that you wouldn't like, I would think. Um, my, my coach officer always called me the lovable rogue, right, in this thick, you know, Scottish accent. And, uh, of course, <clears throat> once my boss had made it abundantly clear uh, with the change of expression on his face 
and that I was going to get my flu shot, whether I wanted it or not was the way I took it. I, I looked at him and said, I really don't want to get my flu shot. And he said, go get your fucking flu shot right now. <laughs> and he pointed out his door in his office. And I looked at him, and now my tone changed. And I had never questioned orders. If he had asked me to take down a brick wall, I would say, how many pieces do you want it in? And there was a sudden silence in the room when I looked at him, and I realized he was serious. And so was I. I leaned into him, and I said, I'm not getting my flu shot, and you can't make me. <laughs> you sound like one of my students all of a sudden there, just a little bit. And you know what happened? He leaned back in his chair and said, you're right, I'm sorry. And that was the end of it. And I watched my other colleagues get their flu shots. I watched them line up, you know, take a shot in the arm. And I don't know, something about it, well, it, it always struck me as something that I, I didn't need, I didn't want. Um, you know, I, I hadn't read anything at that point that questioned the content of whatever it was that was in the flu shot. Uh, since that time, though, I've heard various things. And I'm glad I didn't get the flu shot. And quite honestly, I can say that I probably have had flu-like symptoms uh, perhaps twice in the last 15 or so years. So uh, I never regretted passing on getting the flu shot. I never regretted standing up to my boss and telling him for the first time ever that I wasn't going to be doing what I was told. And all around, it felt like the right thing to do, and I'm glad I did it. Well, I, the fact that I work in an elementary classroom I, means I pretty much work in a, in a Petri dish. So I, th I think if I can survive the bazillion germs floating around there, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> With those, oh, like, I think my immune system's all right. Well, there, I, you know, there, there, you know it's, it's worth talking about. There's a, a strong argument. You know, that the human body absorbs various bacteria and viruses and uh, you Feels get sick. With it all the yeah, time. you know what? You get you get a little sick, you get a lot sick, you know, depending on how much, you know, coffee you've been drinking lately or how much working out you've been doing or how little sleep you've been getting. Yep. And uh, your body copes. It either copes or it doesn't cope. Yep. I mean, you you have people that obviously uh, have uh, compromised immune systems that are more susceptible, perhaps, to disease and viruses. And then and then you've got strong, healthy people uh, that are out there. And uh, then you've got your elderly, you know, that uh, are you know heading towards the end uh, of their days. Uh, and you know, they of course are at risk as well. But uh, ultimately, you know, um, the human body absorbs these bacteria and these viruses, and it finds a way to deal with it. And quite frankly, it's better for it. It's uh, an extension of my philosophy that if you wrap kids in bubble wrap and insulate them yep. from every pain that they may experience in this lifetime, that you really don't teach them the necessary coping skills. So I, I think that the uh, <clears throat> human body's immune system... Is, it's uh, there for a reason. It's, it's been there, functioning yeah. in that capacity for how many thousands of years or whatever. Yeah. 
So, well, you know, and 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 it's interesting. I, I can't help but notice that there's a lot of talk of masks and you know washing hands, but there's there's really no healthy talk of you know doing the necessary things to try and give your your body a chance to uh, its best chance to combat a virus. Things like you know working out, eating healthy, lots of water. I'm not hearing going that. outside. You know, going sunlight. outside, getting some sun, like that, fresh that's air. Not good. That's not good for the system to sit in your house for all the, that that period of time. Well, this this is the advice that we're getting from the World Health Organization. Wow. Like they're not they're not telling us uh, what I would think would be basic um, medical advice. Or <coughs> excuse me, some would some would say would argue that they're telling us what China wants us to hear. Well, Who you know, knows if that's true or not, but well, it's, you know, it's, it's, made I, its rounds. Well, you know, certainly we've got Dr. Teresa Tam here in uh, Canada. Mr. Tam. Right. <laughs> she is, uh, you know, doling out the advice. Of course, when she started giving us advice, it was, uh, you know, not many people are going to get it. That turned into it's a crisis. And then, of course, it was masks are not necessary. Don't use masks. And now, now it's, it's now it's now use it's masks, masks again. Yep. And, you know, and I got to admit, you know, the first time I talked about wearing masks and gloves uh, and gloves when I was first introduced to the COVID-19, as people, you know, were calling it, I thought about wearing masks and gloves, and my best friend, uh, Jack, who's uh, a pretty filterless kind of guy, looked at me and said, what? what? <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah, yeah, you know what? And he, he looked at me and goes, what the fuck are you, you, know, you going to wear gloves and a mask for, right? He goes, it's ridiculous. You know, you're going to be touching things. You're going to be touching your face. You're going to be touching that mask, and that that thing's going to carry bacteria yep. everywhere you go. Yep. You're going to you're going to attach the bacteria to your face. You know, you're going to touch some things, and then you're going to touch that mask, and you're not going to realize it, and it's unhealthier. It's 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 not it's not a good idea. And I and I and you know I thought about it for a second. I was like, yeah, damn, he's right. But now, of course, <clears throat> Dr. Teresa Tam and the World Health Organization are telling us that we should be wearing masks. And of course, there's a giant mask shortage. And then, of course, we get masks that come over from China. As you know, big help. Uh, apparently, something like 95% of the masks were contaminated yeah. and/or useless, not meeting our required standard. Uh, there's a lot of debate, yeah, over whether or not you know one mask is better than the other. I see a lot of people out there with you know what look like painter's masks and uh, you know the kind of thing that you might wear you know in a in a bad uh, hospital romance uh, soap opera like you know it's it, it like all the way to handkerchiefs and i've seen some cool stuff too i've seen some people with like they've got like designs on them yeah. and you know I, i've seen like a louis vuitton one yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah you know some people got some style they figure if they're gonna do it might as well go big That's right I, I don't like the idea personally of people covering their faces i, I really don't dig that yeah. I, you know, well, it's it's the ex cop, dude. It's the ex cop in me. I, you know, I like to see the person's face. It's good to see their eyes, though. I can tell you that much, because you know there is some truth to that. You can see what's going on in a person's head if you look in their eyes. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> quite honestly, you know, I see, I see all these people out there wandering around wearing masks and uh, you know seemingly doing you know exactly what they're told. Uh, fathers are not allowed to play in you know public parks with their one child who's been itching to get outside. I think they're, I think finally that they're relaxing that as of this weekend. Well, it was still disturbing to see that that oh, yeah. order could come down and or that any officers would enforce it. Uh, from what I've been told from you know the people that are still in policing that are connected to my life that uh, only the assholes really wrote it or they were pushed. You know, somebody got a little bit too rambunctious with their response to the idea that they might get a ticket being out in public with their kid. 
Um, you know, I could, I could see it happening. Uh, but at the same time, to know that police would enforce these kinds of rules, you know, like without exercising some degree of discretion offered to them, uh, you know, you see a father and daughter playing catch, you know, in an empty park. I, I get I get that you don't want to encourage more and more people to come out and do it. And I understand that you got to, you know, look a little bit ahead. But if you see like a father and daughter out there tossing a ball for, you know, an hour. Could you could you go over there, perhaps, and have a word with them, tell them, look, you know, you can't be here right now. You know, could you, you know, maybe move along to another area? And when I come back, I expect that I won't see you here. And it'll probably take me about an hour to walk yeah. around this park looking yeah. for other people. So, you know, make good use of your time. And, and that would be me uh, showing up at that scene. I, I'd like to believe that I would exercise some degree of discretion. I could get the thing, uh, you know, the message across, uh, still afford, you know, a father an opportunity to play with his kid. I understand somebody made a complaint and you got to address it. Um, you know, I did that job for 20 years. I know it's not easy. But at the same time, don't be in a big rush to come back to the station and slap that $850 fine down on the table and know that you made somebody's life much worse. Please, guys, girls, if you're out there listening uh, to all my friends, friends and former family in law enforcement uh please exercise some discretion that's a word that is is been lost in today's society's discretion well it's offered to you and you know what even if you have your orders there's always uh, a good way to follow them i used to tell recruits i'd say look there's two ways to land a plane you can uh bring it down gently land on all three wheels and have the whole cabin clap and applaud you know for such a smooth landing or you could just crash that fucker (laughs) you know and i was never a fan of the uh, crash that fucker uh approach i found that if you just spoke to people respectfully if you explained to them the situation if you took the time majority of the time yeah yeah, that'll work out. You know, and it'll work out. Um, realize that there are some people out there that have been cooped up with their spouses uh, for, you know, uh, more than a few months, longer than expected. Uh, even people that love one another can get on their last nerve. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, and so to bust out of the house and to uh, go to a space where you can uh, toss a ball with your kid that you love, that you're finally getting to spend some time with, um, you know, there's going to be a day when you'll have to go back, hopefully, to work, and you might not see them as much. In fact, uh, after you've burned up, you know, a chunk of your life savings hiding inside and being bored out of your skull or trapped with that partner that you really don't like all that much, <laughs> you know, listening to your screaming kids be unhappy that uh, they have nothing to do and none of their friends doing can their be school work. Doing their, their school work. Doing their school work. Coach Nick punishes them by sending massive <laughs> amounts of electronic homework. Massive. Speaking of homework, did you see? did you see that? public address when Justin Trudeau came out of the cuckoo clock and spoke to the mothers and their children. No. Oh, I love it. I told it. you, I don't watch it. It's, it's yeah, he, he comes out of the cuckoo clock and he, I, I can't, I, honestly, just when you think he couldn't get any weirder, he says, okay, I'm speaking to the mothers and children in the room. You know, I'm going to ask mom to step outside the room for a second while I have a talk with the kids. I'll give you a moment. What is he, pulling a Joe Biden? You know, creepy. Like, I'm sorry, creepy. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you step out of the room for a second because I'm gonna have a talk with the kids. I'll give you a second. 
okay. Right. And I'll tell you, watching uh, his body language, you know, as a retired uh, veteran of policing, uh, it creeped me out. It cre- it totally creeped me out. I'm, I'm looking at this guy. He's talking to the camera like he's talking to people, trying to connect with them. And I'm going to leave you alone with my kids in the room. Like, you know what? Something about it just screamed out wrong, you know. And, like, you're way too comfortable doing that. And, of course, it's immediately followed by a generous offer of assistance with their homework. As uh, children are encouraged to send in their questions to Justin Trudeau, who will help them with their homework. He's actually trying to steal your job. He wants to be a teacher again. He was a drama teacher. That doesn't count. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put him in the same room. He couldn't carry. He couldn't carry <laughs> your gun cases. Um, <laughs> I, I could tell you though that he offered to help the kids with their homework on uh, his Twitter account. And well, we should get on there and start firing some stuff. Well, you know what? Uh, you, honestly, uh, the CCFR has already um, uh, put out a call to its members to please, you know what? Feel free to ask Justin some questions. I wonder how long that Twitter account's going to survive. You know what? I, I honestly, well, let's let's see. I hate the I hate the idea of driving traffic to it. I hate it. It bothers me. But um, to watch guys ask homework questions that you know uh, are just going to have some fun. And I mean, everybody that listens to this, if you put a message up on that Twitter account, please try and keep it clean. Don't do anything to embarrass our community. I'm only going to tell you once. Um, have some fun with it. Like, I mean, get creative because I'll tell you, one of the things I heard that blew me away and I loved it, it was, you know, a lot of the kids are asking math questions and, and you know, various questions. Um, you know, whoever's answering them, I don't know. I mean, he, Justin Trudeau probably has a team of people on the uh, government dime, <laughs> you know, making sure that the uh, kids feel well taken care of. But, you know, they're asking math questions. And, of course, you know, you see you see adults, you know, messaging into Justin Trudeau saying, if if the liberal government has 20 scandals. I did see that. <laughs> you know, I I and Justin that. Trudeau is responsible for two of those scandals. How many scandals all <laughs> How many, how many it's scandals? It's a word problem. It's a word problem. And, and I'll tell you, I bust out laughing. I could, I, and I saw that was screen cap. Please, first of all, you awesome. know that he's not going to let your questions stay up there. He's going to pull them down. He's probably going to, he's probably going to ban you from the Twitter account as well. But have some fun with it, please, it. ladies and gentlemen. I actively encourage you to call, to to, to put a message on Justin Trudeau's Twitter. Uh, please keep it clean, but screen cap it before it's ripped down, because I want to see his face and your comments underneath it, and send him into the page. We'd love to showcase them. I've seen some doozies, and I'm really excited actually to include the audience in this. Yeah, that would be good. You know what? <laughs> that would be good. Are you gonna put one in? I gotta think of. I want somebody to fire up like a grade 12 calculus question and see how he works on our function. Oh, are you kidding me? He's going to look like a superstar because he's probably going to like invite in a professor of, you know, of algebra, calculus and finite math to answer all the questions. Find find a really, really unique Canadian political question and ask him and see if he knows it. Oh, that you know what? That's a good idea. 
I'd like to know. I'd like to know or if Canadian history. If he's got people answering, all right, his Twitter account, or if he's doing it himself, I would like to know. I would like to hear. It. Well, there's not a chance the king's doing it himself. Oh me? no, but you know what? He's generously offered. It's his Twitter account. Anything other than that would be like false pretenses. Oh gee, that ha- yeah, like we haven't seen that before from these clowns. Oh no, but you know what though? Like I mean, if 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 the person claiming to be on the other end is not Justin Trudeau. You know, you're misleading a lot of children. Yeah, but do you think he like most scandalous government in the history? Well, I history. you know what? If do Justin, it, hold really? on, if Justin Trudeau it is wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh no, not me either. Right? In fact, I know it's not him. All right, I'll tell you right now, he's not answering all those questions by himself, and he's going to look like a superstar that knows everything to your children. Of course. And if you like the idea of Justin Trudeau helping your children with their homework while you're out of the room. If that makes you feel comfortable, um, you know, you got bigger problems. Well, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, who's going to get, who's going to unseed the Liberal government. Huh. Because this weekend is the deadline for uh, the, the opportunity to join the, the Conservative Party of Canada, which is, is uh, a very, I mean... Notwithstanding normal circumstances, right now this is this is probably the most, in terms of uh, of being a gun owner, probably the most uh, significant or influential step that is about to happen. One hundred percent. The person that we put forward has to be someone capable of dethroning Justin Trudeau and removing this liberal government. The person that we put in that leadership role has to be marketable, has to be electable. Whoever they are, he, she, right? It, I don't know what, 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 what we have, actually, yeah. in terms of total choices. So far, I'm seeing, you know, uh, three or four standouts. Uh, we've got Peter McKay. We've got uh, Aaron O'Toole. And we've got uh, that lovely uh, Ms. Lewis, um, you know, outside of Toronto. And so you've got, you know, three three or four basic choices. Uh, I have my feelings about the subject. I, I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are. Well... Well, hold on. Before before we before we go any further, let's explain the importance, um, ladies and gentlemen. If we don't have a good turnout at this election, if we don't win as a nation to put down the mad dog that is this liberal government, spending us into oblivion, tons of bad advice, probably going to collapse the economy, uh, allowing a lot of criminal activity to go unchecked, releasing criminals in record numbers, right? Because somehow quarantine is only good for the free people, uh, but anybody who's committed a crime can't be locked up indoors. So if that makes any sense to you, we need to remove this liberal government for a number of reasons. reasons. We've got freedom of speech. We've got, um, you know, people that appreciate democracy and watching it get sidestepped seemingly at every turn. Uh, I mean, all these things come, you know, before we even bring guns into the picture. If we lose this election, you can kiss them all goodbye. They'll have, they'll have your guns, Okay, locked up in a facility. They'll want them all brought to one place. And then to be perfectly honest, um, I think a lot of people will give up on the idea of continuing to enjoy the sport the same way uh, when they have property wrongfully taken from their possession. 
you know, seemingly in the face of, of the fundamental principles of law, good people who haven't committed any crimes can lose property to the government in this country. Which, which really fascinates me. Um, you know, as a police officer, you had to justify everything. I handed back wads of cash to drug dealers over the years and said, here you go. And knowing full well that, you know, that would qualify as proceeds of crime in anybody's mind, it didn't make any sense to me. But I can tell you that as gun owners, we can kiss it all goodbye uh, if we don't. Uh, combat this successfully. So it's really important we get a good turnout this election. And, you know, when I examined the last election and some of the troubles we had, I mean, uh, I can tell you right now, I don't want to put it all on sheer. Could he have run a stronger campaign? Why not? Uh, you know, I, I certainly saw, you know, some things that I loved and uh, some things that I didn't, and I wish he had come out a little bit stronger on. At, at the same time, you know, uh, I think he did a pretty good job reducing the uh, liberal majority down to a minority. Uh, with, you know, a lot of help. And uh, certainly, you know, I, I can't say the man didn't do a good job. A lot of people get down on him for that. Uh, he was really up against it. The media was not helping. Uh, certainly blackface was completely ignored. That would have been the political death of anybody out there. Uh, if you didn't know about the blackface scandal, you know, it was leading up to the election. I thought to myself, oh, my God, we've got this in the bag. How can they ignore this? And the, and the media did a fantastic job of earning their paychecks uh, coming from the $600 million of your tax dollars that was set aside to pay them. Uh, as the Liberal government's illustrious Ministry of Truth panel yeah. saw fit. And so, you know, you've got this government in there. They want our guns. Uh, if we don't win this election, they're going to take them. It's really important that we pick a leader that appeals to a lot of people. I've had my conversations with the uh, probably the most intelligent political people. And from what I'm hearing, um, we need to draw from the center and, and from the left, you know, going harder right. A little uh, bit a little bit to the left of center, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and people don't understand. If, if, you don't, if you don't examine the possibility that the entire nation, oh, yeah, he's hustling. We just had a car rev on by. Where's a cop when you need one? Yeah. And down the road. Go have a look. <laughs> so, you know what? That thing, that thing was hustling, eh? Wow. going? You know what? I... Um, I love hanging out here by the campfire. This is awesome. You know, I come over to Coach Nix. Uh, hopefully he doesn't break out the cattle prod tonight, and I can avoid <laughs> Go get it. avoid getting scared. You know, but uh, <laughs> back back, back to the election. Uh, it's really, really important that we elect um, a leader that will appeal to uh, people in the middle and people on the left. And, you know, in order to win this election, I truly do believe, you know, that there's going to have to be some um, recognition that the entire nation has shifted to the left and you know we will never see the days of you know abolishing gay marriage and you know really hardcore right thinking I, it's not going to happen uh, you know th that kind of leader is not electable that was no, that no. was max bernier you know yep. a lot of people thought that max bernier was you know a little too far to the right well he was too far to the right and you know a lot of people that want to see things return you know, to the old ways are better, and, you know, we're unwilling to budge an inch. You know, the no-compromise crowd, you know who you are. Uh, you know, I really do believe that there were a lot of paid trolls on the Internet encouraging the uh, easily manipulated into believing that Max Bernier could do anything more than bleed uh, a couple of percent you know, from the ridings uh, that may have been close and potentially hand uh, a win to the liberal government. Again... And, you know, a lot of people just would not see reason. And they were either die, uh, die hard, you know, right wingers or, you know, they were trolls. 
you know, uh, in, in, in the impact of that was the loss of between eight and 10 ridings conservatively, maybe as many as 15, I'm told. And that certainly would have reduced the liberal government uh, to a much weaker position. And we would not be facing what we face now as gun owners with the prospect of massive sweeping bans. He lost He lost a popular vote, but won the election. So that just goes to show you. Oh, the whole system is broken. I mean, that's something that has to change when we install a conservative government. Uh, I think it's really important that we do a couple of things. You know, like we enshrine property rights. Like we should never have to be looking down the figurative barrel of a gun uh, like this ever again. Nope. And and to do that, we need to enshrine property rights in the charter, which I remember they they asked they asked Justin Trudeau very early on uh, about a charter question, and he immediately immediately snapped back and said, "We will not be reopening the charter." And that was before anything happened. And I mean, there's a lot of things that could change about Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, but he he answered that question pretty quickly. And uh, I think that it's really important, you know, that people understand that if we don't elect, uh, you know, a new government, we're, we're going to definitely be in some trouble. If not economically, in every other way, uh, I think that it could mean uh, Canada as you and I know it at all, like nothing will be left of it. Uh, if the economy collapses, like I think it potentially could. You know, we could be in some really hot water. Yeah. And, and, of course, they, they're very quick to blame everything on COVID. COVID, you know what? COVID is the new Harper. Yeah. You know, every time they were faced with a question, you know, that they had done something, oh, that, that's because of the Harper government. You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, watching the parliamentary sessions, I don't think I ever saw a straight answer. It was really a shameful experience. Anybody that wants to really get a glimpse into what it was like, you know, trying to work with the liberal government, uh, you know, the conservatives did a hell of a job keeping their cool. Uh, I could tell you that I, I don't know if I could have gotten the to the uh, how many times have you spoken to the uh, ethics commissioner question being asked you know for the 23rd time and not getting a straight answer i mean it was really shameful but anyway it's really important that we elect uh, a strong leader and a lot of people keep asking me who i think and it's it's really getting uh you know to be kind of interesting now but i'm curious to know you got you got a favorite in that mix well i mean i thought it was going to be initially way back when uh, it was going to be a three-way race between Pierre Polivare, Peter McKay, and Rona Ambrose, and then two of those three, <sighs> and then two of those three dropped out. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Rona Ambrose would have been like as a prime minister. I really don't know much about her outside of the few sessions I saw her speak. She was really a well-put-together woman. You know, a strong woman, independent she, she woman. A, yeah, like she has a strong voice, a strong presence. Yeah, you know, she would have um, made, she would have made a nice, nice choice. I think, I think that uh, you know, feminists could have gotten behind her. You know, anybody that believes you know uh, that a woman can do a great job, I could see easily getting behind her. Uh, yeah, it was really, it was really a shame to see her not be in the race. Well, and, and I can only, re- I'm, I'm, I'm losing, I'm losing the name of, or I've lost the name of the fourth candidate that's running right now. I know there's O'Toole, um, the doctor, Peter McKay, and I can't remember the fourth individual. Well, for now, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm just looking at a time here. Okay, good. Um, let's leave the fourth out. 
And, okay, and you so, know, and when I and when I say let's leave the fourth out, I don't mean to exclude them, but I you know I just I don't I don't want to spend too much time on this. I think that it's important that we get the message across. But you my, know what? Yeah, but go ahead. Out, out of the, whether it's out of three or out of four, my answer doesn't change. It's yeah, still, yeah, okay. It's, it's okay. Peter so we're in agreement. It's Peter McKay head and shoulders, in my opinion. Okay. Um, just based on well, I think the doctor kind of may may have uh, have hung herself. Uh, figuratively speaking, when when she made the comment about about abortion, because abortion is clearly a very um, controversial topic. It's it's a very polarizing topic. Very charged. Uh, yeah. Very charged. Yeah. So I think she may have potentially done herself in with coming out um, and, and making a, a definitive stance on on the abortion debate. Um, that being said, I don't I don't see O'Toole. When I look at O'Toole. And, and McKay, um, McKay has federal politics experience. He held a very high-profile portfolio as a minister of defense in the past. Uh, he has a presence about him. He has an air about him. Um, he's a good speaker. He 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 he's not wishy-washy at all. He 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 presents a very. Um, strong presence. He offers a very strong presence. Is I think is what we need, and and you know that could be based on on appearance. It could be based on appearance and and hearing him talk, um, his mannerisms, that kind of thing. But that, that's just my personal opinion. And the the um, Mr. O'Toole, not very familiar with him. Um, so I, you know, to be transparent, I, I don't know a lot about him. But I think that speaks to the fact that if I don't know a lot about don't know who he is then I don't know if I want him as my leader okay well I I, oh, I have one more two more things to add sure cool that we've cool. that we've spoken about give me a break yeah. I, uh, I, I talk too much as well I, I think that I think ask it, any of my ex-girlfriends <laughs> I think that one of the keys with with respect to Peter McKay, that people may not know is that he's an East Coaster, and the East Coast is traditionally very red. So, I can see that if there's a native East Coaster yeah. that is running for uh, the highest political of, political office in this country, I can see him garnering some some votes from from out east in addition to uh the support he's gonna he was loved when he was minister of defense so so all our all our troops um serving either domestically or abroad i think they're going to get behind somebody who used to be the minister of defense and 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 kind of has experience and can relate to them and maybe can kind of uh get those veterans the help they need that 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 Justin Trudeau wouldn't or refuse to give them, but then decide to give money away to other countries. And you, you said you had one other thing to add. Was I, there was two. I, I rolled it into one long. Okay. Call. All right. Look at you condensing. <laughs> Summarize. Summarizing. Well, you know what? I, uh, I get asked this question a lot and I'll preface my answer by saying that I have been living, eating, breathing, and sleeping <laughs> many nights to uh, our political you know atmosphere here in Canada I've been devoting quite a bit of time to monitoring the internet watching the parliamentary just a little sessions bit, yeah. just a little bit you know uh, we here at the Canadian Gun Vault uh, run 365 days a year and I can tell you right now I've put in my fair share of long days and sometimes I just can't look away 
but it's like a train wreck, you know, happening in slow motion, watching, you know, our country get dragged into the shitter. It, it really is disappointing to see uh, how far we've fallen and how fast. But I've devoted quite a bit of time to the activity of monitoring these things. I've seen uh, unbelievable things from this government that I never even imagined possible, you know, ethical violations. Uh, I've never once thought to uh, say anything, you know, uh, begrudgingly against, the, you know, a, a government. But I, I've never been more disappointed and ashamed of my government. You know, uh, say whatever you want. I mean, I'm proud to be a Canadian, but I'm ashamed of my government. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, watching it that much, you know, and I've had friends that tried to watch along with me, and I've outlasted you all. Every one of you has buckled at some point and said, I can't watch this crap. And I totally get it. Uh, watching Justin Trudeau pop out of the cuckoo clock every day to give his address to his kingdom uh, is really kind of <clears throat> tough to watch. My mother always told me if you couldn't say anything nice. <laughs> but... As I'm sitting here watching, you know, our country degrade, you know, it's, it's almost like watching the fall of the Roman Empire. Like, I mean, we, we were really doing so well um, we, you know, we, into the 2000s. Canada, and I'm saying was, because I, I, I don't think it's as anywhere near that the level it used to be. We used to be very, very well respected on the world stage. Oh, yeah. Whether it be, and I'm not just talking about from other, from political leaders of other countries. I'm talking about about the citizens of other countries. And Justin Trudeau's made us look like a joke. Like he's embarrassed us so Donkey. many times. Donkey. You know what? It's it's so it's so it's it's almost comical if you if you if you watch you know watching our illustrious leader dress up. You know, for his trip to India. Oh, you know, and and prance on the stage. You know, if you want to, it wasn't you, even appropriate dress for the occasion. Oh God, you know what? Like even the people of India were saying, "What's going on here?" Like, I mean, he's dressing up in our you know ceremonial gowns, and like, is he trying to make fun of us? That that would be me if I was in India. I'd say like, is you know, you know, one day that's cute, but you know, like get into a suit. You know, you're a political leader. Yeah. Uh, you're not from here. And so to watch him, you know, behave that way, it was so embarrassing. It's a feeble attempt at trying to ingratiate himself to to um, the people of the country he's in and, and maybe even to people of any descent in Canada. Oh, typical. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to connect with the people. Yeah. And 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 or I'm going to buy their love because he he ships uh, Canadian money out of this country by the container full. Oh, Christ, yeah. And at the same at the same time and in the same breath, he tells a guy hopping up and down on one leg who had it blown off in combat, a, a Canadian veteran, that, you know, he and many others like him are asking for more they can give. Meanwhile, you know, we've got our leader spending money on everything. You know, COVID comes around and all of a sudden we have access to, you know, $350 billion. Like, I mean, it couldn't be taken from that. Like, we couldn't take care of our veterans. It was too much to ask. You know, did you did you pay Cotter ten point five million yeah. fast enough yeah. just to yeah. avoid just to avoid an expensive trial? Come on, you know what? Like, it's so shameful to think that you know you could look someone in the eye and say we were trying to save Canadians money. That's why we cut this deal that nobody knew about. 
and and secretly shoveled off the money to him before anybody could stop it or throw up any kind of complaint about doing that. So we got this government that is uh, embarrassing, uh, you know, at times uh, behaving in unethical behavior. Don't even get me started on SNC-Lavalin. Everybody was sick of that. I I thought that was enough to sink any government with the amount of scandal surrounding that uh, particular event. But, you know, just when the government couldn't get any worse, you know, they get studies from everybody from the, uh, you know, RCMP, government commissioned uh, independent reports, you know, everything that you could imagine, the uh, chief chief of police association, the association, um, you know, police, you got uh, some of the finest you know, 23, 24-year veterans standing up at podiums and saying, you know, there's absolutely no merit to bans. And since you were elected on a platform that said, you know, maybe you were going to change some gun laws, um, I didn't think it was going to include stepping on civil liberties by depriving people of property without, you know, due process and and, or some sort of criminal offense. You know, like, I mean, like, like throw that on top because, you know what, like to completely ignore the professional expert opinions that you said you were going to listen to. And in the face of all reason and all evidence, you know, and hot on the heels of the tragic shooting that was Nova Scotia, you know, where it wasn't even a licensed owner and we can't get you to tell us what guns were involved. Like, I mean, it's not even us again, you know, to all the families that suffered through that. I really, really feel for you. All right. And you know what? Even Nova Scotia is not calling for stricter gun laws. You would think that they would, but you know what, though? A lot of gun lovers out there, and I got to hand it to you. You know, we don't know a lot about what happened uh, out there in Nova Scotia. We'd like to, but it doesn't appear that anybody has any interest anymore because now the gun bans seem to be at the forefront of everybody's mind. Uh, The idea that our government would spend uh, billions of dollars to buy back rifles that will never be used in crimes. With our own money. With our own money. Once again, it's just like, it's, it's like he's got checkbook upon checkbook upon checkbook, right, to pay for anything necessary to get rid of the guns. You know, once upon a time, I used to think that they actually believed, perhaps, that there was some improvement that was going to be made to public safety. And then I thought, you know what, no. <laughs> it's it's probably about the votes. They think they can swing a good portion of the population to vote you know, for this because it's such a polarizing topic for the people that don't understand firearms and, and or how much people who actually go through the trouble of getting licenses love them. You know, I, I, like, I get it. But, but you don't need to, you don't need to understand it. You need to look again. We're just talking from the from the perspective of the object. Look past the object because that it, ideally that's what it's about. It's not about the object in question. It's about the underlying philosophy behind the object in question. That you know, needs to be questioned and, and, and because if it can be done with that, it can be done with anything they want to do it with. Well, before you even get to that, I would I would suggest that people try and understand, and I've talked about this in, in various podcasts, you got to try and understand that, you know, everybody's got a thing. You Fair know, enough. everybody, everybody's got a thing. Yep. You know what? If there's that thing that you do, if, if COVID season has brought you one joy and that's, you have more time to do that thing you really love. You know, shooters haven't uh, really been able to go to the ranges, but for the people that are lucky enough to have, you know, access to open areas where it's appropriate to uh, discharge firearms uh, safely, 
you know, uh, but for a lot of people, you know, like if you, if you've been able to go out kayaking, uh, you know, uh, you know, running, um, you know, fishing, uh, hiking, you know, if, if those are the things that bring you joy, uh, and, and entertainment and therapeutic value, you know, if you have any activity golfing, you know, like if golfing's your thing and, you know, you love swinging the wrenches and or going to the driving range and, you know, taking out uh, a little bit of frustration on that ball, seeing if you could touch that 300-yard mark, you know, like it's it's the kind of thing that's universal. Everybody's got a thing. And for some people, you know, that thing that they love, they'll plan a whole vacation around it. You yeah. know, all their time, yep. you know, they invest a lot of money. They invest personally in it. They love it. They find it rewarding. I mean, you can, you name it. If you got a thing that you run to at the end of a long day that you can really enjoy, you know, if, if that thing, you know, uh, if it turns out to be your car, if you love going for long drives, if you pimped your ride out, if you spent a lot of money, you know, on, on the things that you like, customizing whatever it is that you love, you know, if you slam that car to the ground, put on neon kits, and you made it your dream car with a carbon fiber hood, and it's right out of you know the Fast, Fast and the and Furious, <laughs> you know, if you, you know, if you were a Need for Speed Two underground racing fan growing up, and you, you know, you built it, you know, good for you, uh, you know, if you've invested. You know, a lot of money, time, energy, resources, and if you really love it, you know, and, and it, you're not hurting anybody, and you're not infringing on anybody else's way of life, and it's not doing any harm. Okay, so if you're if you're enjoying that activity, and somebody comes along and says, "Okay, we're taking your activity, we're taking your thing, whatever it is that you love," you know, um, we're taking it. And it's for the good of public safety. You can't hike anymore because there's been too many people that have been dumbasses and had to do too many high-altitude rescues or whatever. Yeah. You know so what? no more hiking. No more hiking. You know? But, too I've, many... never, but I've never been a dumbass. I always stay on the trail, and, and I, I take my garbage with me, and I behave respectfully, and, and, and I'm always out of the park when I should be, and I don't go where I shouldn't go. Yeah, you're why, a, you're, why do I have to? Hey, you know you're obeying the rules, right? How about how about you get kids racing? You know, we had that problem in Hamilton a few years back. We had a couple of deaths involving racing. Yeah, well, look at that jackass the other day, going 303 kilometers in Daddy's Mercedes on the QEW in Burlington. Wow! And thank God they caught him. Right? If 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 you knew. Because most people will never experience it. What 300 kilometers an hour looks like. Like they, they compared it on the news. They said NASCAR cars go a little bit faster than that. So you're you're like, well, I'll put it I'll put it into into perspective for you. Okay, I know what 308 kilometers an hour looks like. Right. I've seen it. Um, you know, a lot of people that really know me know that I love my fast bikes. Uh, I have been to places where uh, there are sanctioned events and or the correct uh, environment to let out your ride and see how fast you can go, you know, high-speed contests. But it's in a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it on the highway. You're not doing no. it down Main Street. No. Now, if anybody who's ever gone to the Cayuga Dragway, you know... Most part, I think they do it. Yep. If you've ever if you've ever seen how fast your ride can go in the company of good men and women uh, that are prepared to help you if things go wrong in a controlled environment with cleared roadway, you know, anybody that wants a race, you have the ability to go to these places and actually really enjoy. And you're not infringing 
infringing on anybody else's nope, safety or their breaking, way of life. Nope. And, and those people don't even know what's going on. You know what? You'll have a crowd watching you, and guess what? They'll love every second of it. If you roll up in your Toyota Corolla, you know, next next to a funny car, you know, that's blowing blue flames out of it, you know, you can have some fun out there. It's it's, it's actually a good time. But in a controlled environment with fire crews on hand, you know, medical uh, professionals on standby, if things go wrong, you know, with all the safety equipment, you know, used, you've got a controlled environment to let out your ride see you know how much horsepower you can squeeze out of that engine and, and interestingly enough the pe- majority of people who do that haven't taken um, uh, high speed driving classes oh so yeah they have no training unlike licensed gun owners who have training oh yeah right you know what here, here here's the deal you know you <clears throat> you can get out there if you got a fast car and uh, you can drive out on the track and do a burnout and warm up your tires you can you can race and you know what there there's actually in many ways they've got you know the environment totally on lockdown but there isn't any training period or any qualification it's it's do you have the money <laughs> yeah do you have the money do you have the entrance fee? yeah absolutely you know are you stupid enough to <laughs> well you know i know people that shouldn't be licensed to operate a toaster oven but they can get out <laughs> onto the dragway you know if you've ever invested a lot of money in a car that you know can only be um driven a few miles before you got to rebuild the engine if you know what it's like to spend the kind of money that you can dump into a car uh, i can tell you right now you know you you really really uh can't invest a lot yeah you know in your ride and and back to where i started with this you know i know what 308 kilometers an hour looks like and just to keep them into perspective for our audience the whole world goes into uh reverse Right. You see things go by you so fast that, uh, you know, you you would swear you were going back in time. I remember what 308 kilometers an hour looked like because I went past it up to 315 uh, in an area that was uh, off the roadway and uh, certainly in a controlled, um, a sanctioned environment. And I, I can tell you, I think I saw like a brontosaurus on the side of the roadway. I was going back in time. I was going so fast. <laughs> 300 and, you know, eight kilometers an hour uh, on a motorcycle. You got to focus on breathing and you got to tuck yourself down so deep. And I mean, it's designed to do it. And don't you know? hit a pebble. And don't hit, yeah, don't hit a pothole, grease spot or, uh, you know, anything. At that speed. And I can tell you that, you know, to do that on a public roadway is absolutely, completely irresponsible and dangerous as it's ever going to get. People don't have the time to react. I can tell you right now, if you hit another vehicle, you would cut it in half. Oh, easily. Go on. And, you know, I would remind anybody that I ever caught as a police officer very sternly that uh, traveling at those kinds of speeds is going to definitely make for a bad day if something goes wrong, which could be completely out of your control. Somebody could step out into the roadway. I I remember going to an accident and um, the leg and lower portion of his body was like 150 meters away. You know, you hit somebody going that fast, and uh, it's life-changing a for a lot of people. What's that? Is he on a bike? No, it was a, it was a, it was a pedestrian that was struck, 
and uh, really, you know, a difficult scene to work. I, I feel for all the men and women in law enforcement that would be uh, exposed to that. You know, in my 20 years of policing, I saw a lot of things. A lot of people know me as the laughing, giggling, you know, cop that shoots guns. But I can tell you that I saw a lot of shit over the years. And I can tell you right now that police officers are daily... Um, exposed daily to uh, horrible things that the public shouldn't have to see. So I got nothing but respect uh, for my former brothers and uh, sisters in law enforcement, and you know, as well as paramedics and, uh, you know, firefighters as well, <laughs> even those guys, <laughs> you know, but uh, so to travel at, again at that speed, like how ridiculous, you know, and I don't care who you are, like you should know better. And uh, to that young man uh, that was pulled over going that fast, you know, you're on your own. Uh, that's that's completely irresponsible. That should never happen. And uh, certainly you should have to be made to answer for it. But again, he made a decision. He made a decision to go too fast. And, you know, that's a car. And uh, <clears throat> quite honestly, uh, you know, I drive a car too. So what would happen if the government suddenly up and decided that uh, there could be no more... Um, modifying of cars, you know, that you had to be restricted to a certain amount of horsepower. Something we saw, and I, I, I saw years ago in California, they had, you know, emissions restrictions and uh, certainly choked out the power on a lot of engines. I remember thinking to myself that, uh, you know, at times, you know, when I would hear about governors being put on engines to uh, retard the ignition, and, uh, and that's the true, proper use of the word retard, uh, it delays, you know, the timing of the engine, so it can't develop the same kind of power it would ordinarily. And to put those kinds of restrictions on, on vehicles and or to just say, well, guess what? You know, we're not going to allow any more modified cars. Um, you know, you're going to have to drive to a certain standard uh, for the roadway. And, I mean, it's already there. It exists in, you know, uh, uh, Ontario regulations. But there's a lot of latitude. But let's just say tomorrow that the government decided that they were going to ban, you know, all Honda Accords, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, unmodified or not. And decided that they were just going to take them from people because they, you know, too, were driving uh, a Honda Accord that was racing, you know, that day that somebody got pulled over. Like, I mean, imagine being punished for the sins of another person, you know, exercising poor judgment, you know, to be blamed for that. Well, you, you know? see it. You see it all over the place. You see it in the sports world. I mean, there was a few years back. Um I don't know if anybody's going to recall this. I do because it involves football. The University of Waterloo uh, had the death penalty invoked on their on their football program. What? Yeah, for for two years because there was I guess there was some kind of investigation and they found there's five or six guys that were were doing steroids. Oh. Yeah. So because of those five or six guys being idiots. Yeah. Uh, they shut the pro they shut the whole program down for two years. Oh. That, so that would be that would be, the only that would be unsettling. The only the only saving grace for those for those young men that were still on the team is they could they could transfer to another school and be eligible immediately. Normally, you would have to sit a year out. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. see, at least there's a mechanism in place that but, allowed them to play. I know, but 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 not with their team. But notwithstanding the fact that they went to Waterloo because they wanted to be at Waterloo for football, for school, whatever the reason, they wanted to be there. And for the for the um, for the sake of the misguided decisions of five or six individuals you're going to sacrifice 90 people as well 
take those five or six guys they caught, kick them out of school, you're done. You have you are no longer eligible to play football in your university career. You're done. Don't don't hang eighty five other guys out to dry. Okay, well hold on. Um, I've always wanted to ask you this question. Uh oh. <laughs> well, no, you're a teacher, right? And I mean, apparently. Well, you know, that's what it says. I'm sure it's. Four. I'm sure it's a subject open for some debate. <laughs> that's what it says in my. If you ask, if you ask Gadak, he probably say, he probably say no. Nah. Uh, ask who? Gadak. I'm holding a really hot piece. <laughs> you know, right keep, now, that, right? keep that thing away from me, Jesus! You've been putting that thing in the fire. Yeah, you know, Coach Nick, your ass, Coach Nick. You got. Yeah, I tell you, you know what? <laughs> keep that thing away from me. It's hot. No, I've been wanting to ask you this. I mean, you're a teacher. And uh, certainly, you know, uh, teaching syllabus is only one part of teaching. You know, a lot of it is, you know, uh, teaching lessons that extend beyond the textbook as a teacher. What do you think about collective punishment? You know, like, hey, one kid steps out of line. Well, I, see it, I see it. Not me personally. I don't I don't believe in it, but I see it at school and I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I had, I had a bunch of boys in my class last year and they were good kids, but they were 100 percent boys. So you get out at a recess and they can they can play football for about 13, 13 seconds without trying to tackle each other. Yeah, well, Cause that's what boys do. Oh, we're not going to get into the boys will be boys argument. I am going to get into boys will be boys. Ooh. So, so that's just that. And Feminists I'm, are going to be all over uh, you. Good for them. They'll be picketing you outside your fucking God place. bless. God bless. I'll bake Go cookies. We'll have, <laughs> I'll bake cookies and we'll have Come on coffee, in, ladies. Coffee, <laughs> we'll have coffee, tea, and cookies and have a little chat. There is, you okay? know what? So, so. See, it's that creepy point, when you do it. <laughs> so the point, no, but the point is, is a lot of these guys, a lot of these kids also played uh, rep hockey, rep soccer. So they have that mentality, have yeah. that competitiveness to a little, them. A little contact sport. Yeah. Right. So they have that competitiveness to them. And there was one, one fella there was always, always issues with. And the VP we had at the time who her, her way of dealing with things was bring them into her office and let them play Lego on the floor. She was not disciplinarian at all. So she made them write out a contract, and she, she'd see me two weeks later. She's like, how's the contract going? I'm like, yeah, right, nice try. Not, I said, it's not working. Like it, it, you know, and I w- we would have discussions about it. I said, it, it's, it, it needs to be, that individual needs to be told they're taking a timeout for two weeks. You're not playing for two weeks. Bang. And she was scared to do that because, God forbid, the parent might come back and say, why are you not letting little Johnny play? Because little Johnny's being a little piss ass, and he can't play according to according to the rules. rules. If he keeps tackling people and keep, people keep getting hurt, right? Then and he doesn't know how to how to regulate himself, then he can watch while everybody else plays. But God forbid we do that. So I would not I wouldn't address it. Anytime anything would happen, I'd send the kids right to her, and that I mean I'm not passing the buck, but she gets paid a hell of a lot more than I do, and if she wants to be soft ass about it, then anytime a parent would would come to me and say, listen, this is what happened, they were immediately sent to the office. The vice principal dealt with it. Please, please contact the vice principal if if you think this wasn't handled accordingly or you have an issue with the way it was handled. I'm not going to deal with that because because she hasn't got a pair of balls to deal with discipline or lady balls. <laughs> <laughs> lady balls. The intestinal fortitude. Exactly. The testicular, you mean. 
We're gonna no. keep we're gonna we're, we're gonna keep the gender bias out of this I, evening's I don't, discussion. I don't believe that um, group. What was it? Group punishment is that the phrase? Collect, used? Collective punishment. Collective punishment. Garbage. If Coll- that kid's being a little punishment. dick, you don't you don't participate. That's the way it works. Well. Is ever listen, listen in the in the work world when they grow when when they grow up, and they're underperforming at their job. Yeah. Who's going to lose their job? Them or they're going to fire the whole department? They're going to they're going to fire the guy that, that that's dragging his ass. It's not doing his job. Simple as that. As they should. As they should. As they should. But no, my it, it I stay away from that because I think it's a bunch of garbage and it doesn't teach anything. It teaches it teaches them absolutely nothing. It teaches them that that well, actually, it's it's a negative reinforcement if yeah. you think of it, because now you got ten kids that can't play football because one kid's being a knob, right? How fair is it to those ten kids? So you're gonna wipe everybody out? No, don't wipe everybody out. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you right now, I've I've never believed in collective punishment outside outside of perhaps uh, military personnel. I see. Uh, I see the benefit there. Okay, but you're not. But you're dealing with adults now. Oh, I know. Versus nine and ten year olds. Oh, I know. I, well, I'm just. I'm just qualifying it. I, I. There's. There are exceptions, and I can tell you right now that the yeah. military might be one. Uh, you know, you got to be functioning as part of a team. People's yeah, you lives, have to develop. Exactly. People's lives depend on it in combat. Um, you know, collective punishment to make sure that everybody brings each other up to speed. Uh, I totally get it, and there's an element of control in the military that you uh, can't possibly ignore mental conditioning mental conditioning you know i understand right now they've got the military on standby cutting down dead trees dead trees dead trees and uh you know they're waiting for uh you know to provide flood relief my uh my military contacts are uh, advising me that you know they're they're on exercise but they're close by, and that's good, and I get it, uh, you know. But but the military get collect, collective punishment. I don't believe in collective punishment outside of the military because I don't like the uh, degree of control it uh, would illustrate. The idea that somebody could punish you all, you know, for the sins of one person. Uh, I've never dug that sort of philosophy, and. Uh, I think that it's important that uh, individual responsibility and accountability be brought yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and, and and I think that it's important that we get back on topic here. Um, yeah. You know, to know to know that this government would um, try and ban certain firearms, um, you know, based on cosmetic appearances and uh, convince the public somehow uh, with the help of a wonderful uh, media that there's going to be some kind of improvement to public safety. Uh, It's absolutely ridiculous. All the experts agree that there's absolutely no benefit to doing it. And then they're going to spend, you know, tons of your tax dollars buying back property that people don't want to sell, which some people would call, you know, call extortion. I think Uh, you're melting your shoes down. Yeah, I I I like it. smell something. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you know what? Just a little bit of rubber burn. Now, the, the, um, the idea that the public could be duped into thinking that there's going to be any improvement to public safety by taking, you know, legally 
acquired property that hasn't been used in any crimes away from people is, is but that's, ridiculous. But that's what's happening to the to the 2.5 million gun owners in Canada right now. We're, we're being treated like that that nine and ten year old boy by my, that that can't play football properly outside without hurting somebody. So we're, we're, we're being collectively held responsible for the actions of 1% potentially, it's less maybe than less than, than less a percent. percent. Whenever the ones involved in crime, any, any cop would tell you quite clearly worth his salt, her salt, their salt. Unless, unless they're, they're a kiss ass and they want to work their way up the ladder. Well, legal firearm owners never cause a problem. It's, it's, it's the reality. You know, uh, by sheer virtue of the fact that they have a license, it says they're behaving. And so when you talk about collectively punishing a group of people that haven't committed any crimes, in fact, they've been model citizens or they wouldn't have gotten the license in the first place, is, is absolutely horrific. You're literally going to punish the very best Canadians in the country. Right? Justin Trudeau is that vice principal that has no... Well, people claim he doesn't have Pauls to begin with anyways. I think he sits when he pees. <laughs> but, but he's that vice principal who doesn't want to have to deal with the call from the parent. So he just punishes everybody, and then that's it. For the, well, for the good of everybody, right? That's how it's marketed, for the good of the people. I used to think it was about votes or uh, you know retention of power, but at this point, I think it's just an exertion and uh, certainly the uh, realization of a political ideology. It's, it, it's, it's like I said on, I forget, you made a post the other day, and my only response was narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Because yeah. I, 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 and if anybody's seen it, Take thirty seconds. Go on Google. Look it up, and look how many check marks you would you would put beside that in reference to Justin Trudeau. It's it, it was it was it was pretty scary actually when I looked at him. Like yeah, he does that. He kind of comes off that way. It's like holy Christ. Oh yeah. You know what? I understand behind closed doors when he meets resistance, he turns a into a, a frothing um, at the mouth. You know, real wild man. I've heard he's really got that, you know, uh, <clears throat> God complex. Because he can't deal with adversity. Nobody's nobody's going to question him. And, uh, you know, to know that he spent, you know, a few million dollars on some upgrades to his uh, cottage house. <laughs> During the pandemic. During the pandemic. You know, people are worried about their life savings disappearing and you're doing upgrades to yep. the cottage. Yep. I... Uh, <laughs> But I, I, I really think that we should come full circle uh, on this conversation and bring us back to our leader uh, or, you know, the persons that we believe our next leader is going to be. And, of course, we started talking about three choices because I know you got more items on your list. I want to wrap this uh, portion of the conversation up. Um, people have asked me what I think uh, about the leadership race and who I think um, is uh, perhaps the best choice and uh, it's just a personal opinion it's uh, one that uh, I've given uh, some thought to and uh, certainly I noticed a couple of things uh, you know I had two people in my mind when uh, I began to examine uh, you know the uh, political chances of success and uh, you know uh, here here's my assessment I I'm gonna agree with a lot of what you said and I'm going to preface this by saying that, yes, um, I know that he voted in favor of bans, you know, in uh, 2001. Uh, you know, uh, for all the people out there that jumped on the page immediately when they saw 
Peter McKay's face uh, on the screen and said, I can't trust that guy. And he voted in favor of bans. Not that guy. No freaking way. You know, he's a red Tory. I've like I immediately heard a, a massive response. You know, and uh, if you know the art of combat, gauging your enemy's response is really important. And I noticed immediately, and that doesn't mean anything in itself uh, in isolation, but there was a massive amount of resistance, I noticed, and a, and a change in the conversation online. A lot of people will sit there and say, well, that's because he's an asshole, and I don't trust that guy. Look at him. And, you know, and it's funny. I, uh, I, I really saw very clearly. You know, an uptick in, uh, you know, the negative feedback to to him in a way that I wasn't quite used to from my audience. And so I immediately began to think, you know, that's probably my guy. Nobody likes him. I want yeah. a bit. We, I think yeah. we need a bit of an asshole. Right. I think we need a little bit of an asshole, yeah. one. Uh, two, uh, we've already started talking about it. The entire country, in my opinion, has shifted a slightly to the left. And if we're going to win this thing, we're going to draw votes from the center and uh, certainly from the left if we can and so a red tory might be exactly what we need and a lot of people are like you know no freaking way man red tory like i mean that's that's a sheep in wolf's clothing i mean like why would we why would we ever want to do that and i'm thinking to myself you know it might be just what we need and and so when people ask me this question who do i think should be our next leader and uh, i would recommend that anybody listen to this podcast because i i think i can uh, probably spell it out in uh, about a minute here a red Tory is what's going to draw away liberal votes and center votes. And I think that it's probably going to represent the scariest uh, opposition that our current liberal government feels that it will face. And so, you know, when I look at Peter McKay and I see, uh, you know, a very fit, tall man that speaks French uh, well and is articulate and uh, assertive you know, for a guy that voted for uh, firearm bans of any kind back in the early 2000s, uh, he came out swinging awful hard on the announcement of gun bans. He came out right away and said, this is disgusting. They are capitalizing on a tragic event and, and essentially standing on the bodies of uh, barely cold corpses to, uh, to do this. Uh, I will repeal. You know, this C-71. And he made it abundantly clear. Uh, he did it before Aaron O'Toole, uh, who I think is running a great, uh, you know, campaign so far. I'm seeing some good things. Uh, you know, I really wish, and, and you know, it's not fair uh, to hold it against the man. He can't uh, be responsible for the year he was born. But I really do feel that Aaron O'Toole has some great ideas and he's done some great things. And I think he could be a great leader. But at the same time, I think that, you know, to be practical, we want to get that younger vote. And so, uh, you know, you're going to get the straight bill of goods from me. I think that Aaron might be a little bit old and that kids may not identify with him. And they'll just look at him and they'll say, hey, it's just an old white guy, you know. And, uh, you know, he's got tons of personality and I totally get it and I could see it. Uh, you know, if he's the one that we end up picking, I'll throw my weight behind any conservative leader. Absolutely. Right. Whatever we decide, I can tell you I'm going to get behind it uh, because I think the conservatives are our best chance of getting out of this mess. But Aaron O'Toole wouldn't be my first choice. Uh, I could tell you right now that I look at Peter McKay and I see a strapping man. Uh, you know, strapping. Former, strapping. 
strapping. You know, he's got a good set of shoulders. You know, he walks. Okay, this is getting a little bit too detailed. No, making no. me nervous. No, no, hey, you know what? Hey, a good listen, set of shoulders. Listen, what the hell is that? Listen, the Canadian gun vault is like totally, you know, uh, homosexual friendly. I spent a lot of time in Toronto, you know. No, I, I, didn't mean I, consider, like that. I I consider myself, well, I'm no, but like, I mean, you know what? Like, I could say that about a man and still feel confident in my masculinity. He's got a good set of He's shoulders. He's got a good set of shoulders on. Holy Christ. What's wrong with you? Right, I, I'm not, I've you know what? I've said that in my life. You know, well, whatever. Even you about what? a female, I've never he's said a, He's a fit guy. He's a, he's a fit man. He's, 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 he's got great, he's got great posture. You know, he, fi- hey, listen, he fills those suits well. And oh, you know what? Jesus. I, oh, shut up. You know what? The, hey, listen. <laughs> hey, you I go home and watch the Tiger series now? You know what? <laughs> Tiger King? What, Tiger what, King. Was that what that thing? You know what? I don't know what the big fuss is about. I, I you know what? It. Nothing against the gay community, but like, I mean, oh, it, no, it's, I, I don't like seeing tigers in captivity. You know, maybe I'm like, what's that girl's name that everybody hates on the show? I don't watch it. I've never, oh, you've I, never I, watched I refuse. it? It's got nothing to do with. I don't. I, I could care less. Oh, it's not sports. It's not you. Right? I, I could care less if the guy's gay. It's just I, the the concept of the show is not appealing to me at all. Really? Okay. No. So it's so just the whole you know Tiger King thing. It's no. I don't. I don't understand what the appeal is. Hey, there's a tiger. Hey, this guy. Ah, they're beautiful animals. Well, I can yeah. see why people would watch it. Okay, so I'll go on the National Geographic channel, watch a documentary on tigers. Then. Oh, right, you, you know so what? Inclined. It's 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 it's. Um, you know, it's not my first choice. You know, <laughs> but back to Peter. Hold on. You yeah, know what? Yeah, like, yeah. We got we get we get, we get sidetracked. Look at that. Ooh, shiny. You know what? You know what Bugsy would say? Look, bear. He'd say <laughs> squirrel. Or squirrel. That's right. You know, uh, I get distracted a little bit easy, but but no, like Peter. Peter, do you know, get that thing away from me? Jesus. <laughs> Coach Nick's got, got a poker that's been sitting in the fire, and he seems to think that it would be a great uh, great way to get my attention. Just make sure you're paying attention. You know, I'm, hey, listen, I'm squared away. Uh, <laughs> Peter McKay is a uh, very fit-looking, you know, younger gentleman. I think he would appeal to the uh, young people. He looks, he looks like he knows what he's doing. He's former military. And, well, I didn't know he served. Right? Oh, he, he, he was he was the Def- minister of defense under Harper. Well, I knew he was a minister of defense, but did he, did he serve before that though? Was I, he you in know uniform? What? I, I, I had heard that. I didn't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I, like I, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's getting. You know, I watch the way he struts into a room, and you know what? I I, could, I think that it's very very uh, clear. You know that he's a confident man, and he, he's got a presence about him. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I look at. I look at. In its totality, I, you know, I want a leader that is most electable. I want a guy that appeals to the most number of people out there in an effort to get uh, our best chance to uh, relieve this liberal government of power. So I think the support you look at, uh, you know, a candidate in this totality. I mean, I, their their history is really important. I think that somebody with uh, Peter McKay's experience on federal files as the yeah. minister uh, of defense under Blair. There's, there's not a, a, a much higher portfolio than that. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Like the guy, the guy has been in federal politics. He's been in tough positions and certainly, you know, he's, uh, he's got the level of experience that we would require from our leader. And so I look at Peter McKay and I, I look at this and I think, okay, so he's a good looking fit guy. Uh, you know, he's got experience. Uh, you know, he certainly would get the military vote. 
You know, he would take care of the boys. I don't think, you know, with him up there that we're going to have any problems getting you the help you need, uh, you know, coming out of service. Uh, I really look forward to a day when I'll be able to do some of that myself. I'm looking forward to uh, helping the guys uh, and girls in uniform make the transition to civilian life. That's a goal of mine someday. I, I have some big plans for that. But Yes, you um, do. I do. I do. But, uh, you know, Peter McKay, so he's so he's fit. He's good looking. He's got, you know, service time in. He's uh, got the military vote you know he speaks fluid french and you know he's got a smoke show of a wife she apparently was like miss canada or something like that like who's his, who's his wife uh, you know, you what, know she, her name no you know what not off the top of my head and i, I don't want to get it wrong and i said i'd hate to be that guy Fair but enough. you know but i um i know that she was like a beauty contest winner and or oh, you good know for him yeah you know what no hey, wonder he's always smiling you know what hey uh i'm thinking to myself you know uh, it screams out success to have a good looking girl on your arm that probably has a great head on her shoulders um, you know, if she's if she was Miss Canada, uh, she would have to answer some skill testing questions. Oh, well, not necessarily. Right? Well, you know, hey, listen, I've seen some of the questions. I think I'm sitting there sometimes going, you know what? That was a great answer. Other times I'm like, yeah, you know what? Don't worry. Um, you're still really beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, but McDonald's is hiring. Right. Yeah. But you know what, though? At the same time, you know, he's got a good looking girl on his arm. He's got some military experience. He's got experience working in federal politics. He's young enough that I think he'll uh, appeal to some younger people. He looks adult enough and serious enough that I think that he'll command respect uh, on the world stage. And uh, one of the other things that I really, really like about him is he's from Nova Scotia. And you yeah. pointed that out. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear that, you know, uh, for the first time. Uh, last week, I was like, you know what? Hey, the uh, elections always seem to fatter, you know, uh, follow rather this pattern. And, you know, you watch the election results come in and you see a color kind of forming on uh, mm-hmm. the far east coast. And to have a guy that's from Nova Scotia and he's from the Maritimes and, you know, you know, he'll take care of them. And, you know, that homeboy done yeah. right, yeah. you know, vote. Uh, it would really be wise to go, I believe, with uh, Peter McKay. And you could sit there on a high chair and you could scream and yell, nah, that guy would screw us over in a heartbeat. Uh, I would sit there and argue, like, what's he going to do? Suggest banning guns? Yeah. <laughs> if we don't win the election, right, like, uh, w- w- what's the alternative? So like Justin Trudeau, who is on tape saying, no, he's not going to do that, or is that's not the... Um, um that, that's not what they were planning on doing. Oh yeah, you know so that'll that'll it, never happen. We'll that'll never, never t- happen. well they'll never take their guns. I remember calling into Ralph Goodale's office and talking to the good Robin, and you know she said they're not gonna take your guns. They're not gonna ban anything. Yeah, I and, then I, you that. and then I talked to her a couple of months later, and I and, you know I discussed I discussed several subjects it. with her regarding you know my experiences with the government uh, seizing property without giving any form of you know uh, compensation for the item. I had had my experiences with that. I had seen it happen. I had felt it a lot. Of people, I had a great conversation with Charlie Taylor about that the other day, and you know, as as I discussed with Robin, you know, my experience with federal government and its its definition of fairness that we saw as a community very early on some of the same things you know that were going on. Those of us that had been, you know, uh, in that era and now, and she said they're not going to take your guns. And then, of course, when I called her back a few months later and said, "Hi, Robin," all right. You know, I know uh, <clears throat> I thought I would call to remind you that, uh, yeah, they, they are planning on taking our guns. She says, I never said that. And I said, I said, you know, 
I I would beg to differ. That's why we had that big conversation about, you know, what I was seeing in terms of, you know, uh, behavior from the government that looked like it was leading to bans. And, you know, she backpedaled quite a bit. Uh, I really do hope she's listening at some point. I'd love to find out who she is and uh, get word to her that, yes, they are going to ban some guns. Robin, you were wrong. <laughs> so, you know, uh, back to McKay. Uh, I really do think that he's our best chance. And you could sit there and say, no, he voted against this once. Uh, you know what? Uh, think whatever you want to think. A lot's changed since 2000. Uh, certainly, uh, the old bands were still pretty fresh. We've got a, you know, a good system that works. It's a very rigorous um, you know, screening and certification and, and training um, system in place that makes sure that People that shouldn't have access to firearms don't get them. And, and the statistics demonstrate that. Uh, the people that uh, go through the trouble of getting uh, a correct license are no more likely to break the law uh, than anyone else, uh, despite what the government would tell you. Our system is, is a solid system. Hmm. It, works, it works completely well. Um, you know, and and the, numbers, the numbers show that. Uh, legal gun owners are never the problem. The Nova Scotia shooter was not a licensed gun owner. Uh, they won't tell us exactly, but you know, three of the four firearms were coming in from the USA. Uh, this government claims that they're going to devote. I, I think they couldn't hide from it anymore uh, without looking bad. Uh, they say they're going to devote some degree of resources to improvement um, in, in terms of uh, combating the smuggling of illegal guns. But I, I think it's going to be a lot like, you know, when Bill Blair said that they were going to uh, improve I think screening be, for the coronavirus. It's just ink on papers to try yeah, to these people. Yeah, you know, like I remember when Bill Blair said we're, we're improving screening measures and that was an additional box on your customs form when you flew in from China. You know, have you have you felt crappy lately? No. Go on through. Yeah. And, oh, you, you know, look okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. And I mean, so this is the same government that claimed to be uh, taking care of Canadians when it would appear that they were not. And, of course, the media wouldn't cover it, but, like, people were, you know, getting waved through after answering a couple of additional questions. And, uh, you no know, despite, temperature taken. despite what they would tell you, uh, it would not appear that they were uh, moving with any degree of caution as it relates to the safety of Canadians. Um, you know, I remember a time when the... World Health Organization was saying, don't worry about it. You know, very few Canadians are going to get it. And that suddenly became, you're all going to get it. And, you know, you better not wear masks because that's no good. No, wait, the masks are really good. You better get on that. Um, you know, we've uh, we've definitely got, you know, a government in power currently that needs to go. Um, and it's important that we pick, again, a strong leader. I really do think, for all those reasons, um, you know, yes, he voted for gun bans once upon a time, but I think that um, he realizes now that this government has gone way too far. And uh, certainly once uh, our new conservative government is in power, we can uh, discuss the possibilities of, you know, perhaps improving things. Um but I don't that, know what else there is that we can do. Uh, well, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's it's really important that people sign the petitions. Uh, there's two petitions yeah, that's, currently that was circulating. One of my list items, absolutely. Uh, yep. yep. You know what? Uh, Todd Doherty and Michelle Rumpel started petitions that nobody wants to talk about because guess what? Uh, one of them, after like four and a half days, has uh, surpassed the most signed petition in history, which was another one of ours, I might add. Well, collectively, they're, collectively, they're over 200,000 now. So I want to see a million. 
I, like, I really I really do want to see a million. And I know a lot of people think that that's not possible, but you know what? Text your friends. Listen, the end date is what? September 22nd? Oh, yeah. We got we got a bit of time, but that's I'd like to see this thing. Time. No, but you know what, though? I'd like to see this thing blow up because I think it's really interesting that the uh, media does not want to seem to cover uh, at all the um, the petition that has reached record numbers in a matter of days. Well, if, if you haven't signed it, you got to sign it. If it, number two, have conversations with with your buddies that own firearms. Yeah. Number three, ask your club. Bring yeah. It to, oh bring yeah. Bring it to your club's attention. Say, yep. listen, and and two of the clubs that I that I belong to, uh, within the last week, have sent out emails with the link yep. contained in part of the body. The every email. every sold. F- uh, firearm online. Every firearm that's legally sold online should go with a confirmation email with a with a link to um, the petition sites. Uh, I really do believe that you know people need to uh, vote clearly uh, on who they think is the best uh, candidate for the conservative party leadership. So I I would recommend that everybody go out there and uh, get on the uh, conservative site and join the conservative party you know for 15 bucks it's you can have that. your yeah for 15 bucks you can have your say in what it's, goes on and this weekend is the deadline i think it's is it sunday or monday yeah, it's, it's coming up fast. It's this weekend at some point. I, so. I would recommend that everybody get it done in the next 72 hours. Yeah. Um, you know, join the Conservative Party. It's only going to cost you 15 bucks, folks, and it's really important that we get them um, both that money and our votes. And, and if you think about it, 15 bucks is not a lot no. to invest in... Uh, the future of Canada. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, you could you could piss that away on one box of ammo. I, I think that if you haven't been shooting for a couple of weeks, you can afford fifteen bucks. And that's yeah. not to say that everybody can. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I realize a if lot of people can. are. If you can. Yeah, I, I realize a lot of people are falling on hard times here. But if you can spare fifteen bucks to throw your hat in the ring and decide that who you'd like to see uh, running the Conservative Party, who do you think would be best? Uh, then uh, spend the fifteen bucks, yeah. join the uh, Conservative Party, sign the petitions. Uh, uh, I have my, you know, uh, candidate in mind. I think there's some great ones out there. Uh, I think that Miss Lewis uh, out Toronto way has uh, demonstrated that she uh, she's, she could be a possible candidate, too. I, I think that she would have to steer clear of that abortion debate or she's going to just drive away, uh, you know, a, a lot of potential votes. Uh, it might it might be too late. She might have already kind of. Painted herself in a corner. Yeah, you know, if, if she's that. got if she's got a strong history connected to being very outspoken on that subject, uh, it'll certainly divide the vote over there. And so, for me, you know, I think that Pete uh, strikes a, a great balance. If we can just get the pa- past the fact that he voted in favor of bans once upon a time, but I think that time has passed. So, if you can just get past that, and all the people that tell you no way, uh, I think he's I think he's a great choice. You know, again, you know, a good-looking man with a good-looking girl on his arm. Uh, you know, federal experience, uh, military background, uh, minister of defense under a much better, you know, government, uh, you know, the uh, ability to win in the Maritimes, all these things add up to what I think is, is probably the best choice. And it doesn't matter if you agree with his policies or not. Um, you know, we got to install a good conservative government that we can work with. Uh, podcast Brian is 100% completely right. You know, uh, hold your nose. If you don't like all this stuff, let's all vote for the same guy that has the best chance of dethroning this liberal government. And more importantly, Justin Trudeau, put aside your differences, your 
your personal thoughts on the subject. We all swing our bat behind one guy. I don't even care who it is. They could put a monkey out there. Yeah, yeah. If, if he has a chance of winning, what's our best chance of winning? That's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I, you know what? Honestly, I, like, I you care. Gotta, you got to suck it up. Yeah. And, and forget about the guns. This is about the economy. This is about, about Canada. The, the direction that our nation has taken. Uh, I, I think that, you know, beyond guns, beyond, you know, what it is that you want, I think that everybody's got to get, uh, get their asses in gear and uh, pick the guy that has the best chance of pulling Justin Trudeau out of that seat and getting this country back on track. Oh, 100%. That's 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 what we got to vote for. And so, you know, I have I have my predictions. Uh, you know, I certainly would like to see uh, Peter McKay, uh, you know, in that position. And uh, if, he, if you think you can't vote for a red Tory, I, I can tell you right now, we're only going to win this election by drawing from the center and from the left and not going hard or right. So I really do believe that that's the guy. Don't be um, persuaded. You know, to get all hard right, uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of people waiting to paint us up to be, a, you know, a bunch of grumpy white guys and or rednecks. Uh, I'm going to discourage people from uh, going to rallies. I really am until such time that we know we can agree, uh, we can all go together. You know, if the, if the big lobby groups can get behind it, yeah. then I would suggest, you know, that it's legit. Uh, otherwise, you know, you might be getting drawn into a bit of a play. If well, you're if you're easily manipulated and you want to get out there and put on a bandana and a pair of sunglasses. See, and, that, and, and, and that, that's the point I, I was about to make, is if, if you're going to go to a rally and you feel you need to wear disguise your identity whatsoever probably shouldn't be going to the rally you know and you know i see one person uh, i believe in god i was raised christian or catholic you know, we're like their dirty cousins we know all the rules but we pay no attention to them uh <laughs> i i can tell you that i see a sign that says you know god you know on it and i'm thinking god jeez you know um, nothing to do with it you know what <sighs> you know it can be about freedom it can be about the guns it can be about freedom of speech it could be about you know the economy you know you could get together for a rally for a lot of reasons uh here in canada oh yeah you know but to show up and start talking about god and to throw masks on you know uh attempting to look like i don't know what uh it doesn't do our, our community any favors it does not and if you let people convince you to participate in activities like this where we will easily be painted up to be you know white uh white extremists of some kind uh you know don't do it uh, if we can figure out a way to rally uh, safely that won't put us into a compromising position as a community. I, I've, I was calling for rallies years ago, thinking that it would be a better idea to do it when it wasn't such a hot topic. You're not saying don't exercise your, your f free right to, to demonstrate. You're, you're saying uh, be very specific and be very critical about who you hit your wagon to when you demonstrate. Well, you know what? I think that every day is an opportunity uh, to demonstrate to people that Canadian firearm owners, the legal Canadian firearm owners, are really great people. Uh, those those opportunities present themselves to us every day. You, you know, you could be standing in line at the post office and strike up a conversation with people, and you'd be surprised how many people uh, can get behind the idea that the gun owners are uh, being unnecessarily mistreated. 
you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Be careful who you, you know, talk around. But, uh, you know, if you strike up a conversation about something other than guns, if you talk about the economy going into, you know, the shitter or, uh, the, you know, you're not digging the idea that you can't go out to a public park, you know, uh, you know, if you want to talk about those things without sounding like a complete asshole, I encourage everybody out there to do it. Uh, you'd be amazed how many, uh, you know, friendly faces you'll see out there saying yeah jesus it's a mess isn't it you know uh, it's really a good idea to do it that way i would never tell people not to exercise their freedom of speech uh you know feel free but uh, try not to embarrass anybody you know <laughs> getting out there and uh you know i, I don't i don't want to see anybody looking foolish and i certainly don't want to see uh anybody participate in activities that will be counterproductive to our needs exactly uh, this this government has a fantastic way of painting us up to be you know uh going to a rally like that and being dressed like that you know that they're gonna be playing that stuff on the evening news saying look the gun owners are yeah. out <laughs> yep and you do us no favors by doing that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few <laughs> you know so back to the liberal uh leadership race you know i i have my picks i'm really hoping that uh, people get behind them uh, liberal leadership race come on now <laughs> did i say that see, yeah oh geez i'm you know i must be tired the conservative uh leadership race wow it's been a long was day. that a freudian slip you know no you know it's it's funny um you know, I find myself running around quite a bit still, and I had an opportunity to get down to the Trigger Wholesale Warehouse today. And How are the boys? They're doing well. They're doing well. You know, saw Big Mark, Big Phil. Uh, Darren poked his head out. He's working hard all the time. Uh, kid in the back is, uh, <laughs> he's something. I won't say his name out loud because I'm not going to turn him into a superstar overnight. <laughs> He'll probably get a kick out of listening to this podcast. Um, but, you know, I, I got down there, and uh, certainly I'm always willing to... Uh, exchange thoughts with uh with mark who has uh, a great uh, degree of insight uh it's been it's been a pretty busy week but it's always nice to see friendly faces i encourage everybody out there to get out and see your uh, your friends uh you can maintain some you know social distance and still you know be social uh you know i managed to get out and you know try and relax because uh, that's that's probably the only time i get a chance to do it is uh, while i'm on the highway you know uh stop and slow down for a second you, you okay with that thing? I'm good. All I was right. playing. Yeah, so, you know, I, I really would encourage people, again, uh, to sign the petitions, uh, to, um, you know, uh, get involved, uh, to definitely, you know, make our best effort to remove this awful government that we have. Now, you know what? Uh, I, I notice you have a list. I know it's dark now, but do you think that maybe you could read the next question on the list for oh, us or, or whatever? You want to keep going? Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep going. Okay. Yeah, I'll do a little more. I wasn't sure if you. No, I got it to me. You know what? We got we got we got a little bit of fire left. We've been going a while, so. Yeah, I know. Ah, you know what? It's one of those Joe Rogan length podcasts. Joe Rogan. You know, <laughs> I like that guy. You know, he's funny. There's 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 a lot of great people I would like to uh, definitely meet. And there's a couple people I haven't had on the show yet. Uh, Brian Lilly is coming. I'm going to get his ass on this show. Uh, it should be kind of fun to do that. Um, you know, one day I hope to interview. Jordan Peterson. That would be awesome. You know what? I, on, honestly, dude, I don't know if I could do it. I would like, be so outstanding. You know what? If if I got in a room with Jordan Peterson, I think I I'm not I'm not sure. A little I would intimidating. Be, he's a pretty brilliant guy. He's brilliant, right? Like I mean, like if you ever listen to the guy, he's um, he's an incredible 
uh, mind and is so much fun to listen to in some respects because it's just so candid and it's 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 information that's uh, thrown out there in a totally digestible way and yet it, it's it's significant like listening to him speak is just a treat I don't know that I could be in a room with that guy and not not be intimidated there aren't too many people that uh, would intimidate me and certainly I think I can hold a conversation with most intelligent people but uh, I think I would have some trouble with Jordan I, I feel like geez I'm gonna ask this guy a question maybe he can ask me one but anyway what do you got next on the list the what engagement summary report you posted something yesterday called uh, I don't know if any, many people saw it called an engagement summary summary report that was that was put out and apparently there is there's zero support in it for a gun ban Oh, it's crazy. Like, I mean, there was a there was a study, you know, done uh, 138,000 people, you know, uh, surveyed. Nobody agreed with it. What was it like something like 74 percent or 78 percent said they weren't in favor of bans? Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty high. I love I love how this government keeps putting it out there to the public that they're in support of this. It's like, no, I'm not sure I see it. And I'm going to the left places of the Internet and, uh, you know, some of those places that are a little more red on the Web. And I'm seeing a lot of people that don't seem to be in agreement with what's going on. Um, you know, certainly a lot of uh, liberal accounts, people that are diehard liberals are changing their tune uh, regarding Justin Trudeau. And, you know, I, I see I see a lot of people, you know, that now realize that there's been a horrible mistake made. So it's it's nice to see those attitudes changing. But I think our best bet, again, uh, of winning this election is going to be coming from a red Tory. Uh, I think it's going to be in the form of uh, Peter McKay. Uh, I'll throw my weight behind any conservative candidate that comes out there. I have my opinions. I'm entitled to them. Uh, what do you got? What do you got next on the list there? Holy smokes. I know. I know we're still we're trying to fan this fire. Coach Nick has a system. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but, it's, <laughs> but right, he was, you know what? You would not have been one of the cavemen to survive. <laughs> I wouldn't have survived some cutthroat. You know what? Oh, would you? Yep. Um, there, you know what? That remind that reminds me of a great story. So tell, hold on, I'm going to tell this from two seconds. I'm going to save this until next time. I had I had a really honestly I had a really really mean uh, sergeant in my life. We didn't get along right from the start. When I say we didn't get along, for some reason he disliked me. I don't know what it was, but gee, what a surprise! Well, you know what? I'm at I'm at the police college. He's my liaison officer, and of course he calls me in and he says, "Look, Morelli." You're dead last <laughs> in the exams. You're midterms, and you're bottom of the barrel. You're dragging your ass. Right? You're at the bottom of your class and intake. And honestly, like he, he was, he was, he was not happy with me. And he says, he says, what do you got to say for yourself? And so there, to go, right? So, so I'm in, I'm in his office. Everybody else has come out smiling, you know, and quite content with the feedback they got. I got in, I got into his office. I'm at the police college. He looks at me. He tells me, "You're dead fucking last, Morelli." And and he says, "What do you got to say for yourself?" And I shrugged my shoulders and I said, "I guess somebody had to be there." <laughs> I'm sure he loved that. He said he he immediately told me, "Get the get the hell out of my office right now." He was so unhappy, <laughs> right? And of course, that same man, I I, I grew I grew to know him, uh, you know, following that in my years of employment with the Hamilton Police Service. He uh, he was a misunderstood man. He was very serious, 